Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dolphin for Murder, the true crime podcast for the girls, gays, theys, and anyone who wants to bloody listen. My name is Martin. My name is Emily. And this week, Emily is going to talk us through the story of the murder of Jill Dando, who was a very uh, popular popular British um, TV presenter. TV presenter. Sorry, right. <laughs> my words out. Um, <laughs> but as every, if you listen to this podcast before, you'll know. Before we like to chat shit and talk about what's been going on. Yeah. Uh, and then before we get into the story, but as usual, we will put a timestamp in the description. So yeah. those of you losers who don't like to listen to this part can. Skip ahead and get to the gritty details. Indeed. How are you, Emily? I'm good. You always say that so seriously. Ma- it ma- always feels like I've been called in for a one-to-one. Maybe I was like a, a head teacher in a previous life. Maybe. Maybe. You're okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay, thank you. How are your studies you. going? Are you... Your studies <laughs> go really well, actually. How are you? GCSEs are coming up soon, Emily. They're doing great. Um, They're doing really great. No, I'm okay. I failed I've... my GCSEs just FYI. I'm not surprised. Um, I've been, you know, just like chilling, not really doing much. I mean, we've had Storm Eunice in the UK. Oh, bloody Eunice. <sighs> Eunice knocked down my fucking fence. She knocked she? down my fence too. <laughs> Don't. Literally. And Laura's fence. Oh, Laura wanted to, us to do a shout out. Hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. We won't... R.I.P. your fence. R.I.P. your fence. <laughs> Laura with her two beautiful babies. Yeah. Indeed. She's got two beautiful babies. She um has. Not twins or anything. One no. is older. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um, yeah, Storm Eunice. She was she was a cruel beast. She, she was, was a and, cruel it's, bitch. and it hasn't really stopped since. Well, it's no, it's not Eunice like... now, is it? Who is it now? It's um, Arthur. No, Franklin. Franklin. You knew it was an old man name. Yeah. Yeah, Storm <laughs> Franklin now. But no, like apparently the Isle of Wight had winds of 122 miles per hour, which is a That's... record. That's like a category two or three hurricane. That's like, is that faster than an aeroplane? No. Okay. Aeroplanes right. are like 500 miles an hour when they're like up. Okay. It's <laughs> right, bloody fast though. And like all of those videos that I've been seeing of people just being like bowled over mm-hmm, in the wind. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are funny. They are funny because it's like, you got told it was a red weather warning. Exactly. You've got to stay indoors. But then <laughs> that makes me think about you on Don't. the day of the storm <laughs> being like, I've got a nail appointment at one. Do you well, think I should still go? <laughs> me and my friend Fran, we're going to, hello Fran, because now you listen sometimes. We were going to get our nails done. Um, and I texted her when it started to whip up being like, maybe we should uh, leave it because the wind. And I was like, I don't want to get hit by flying debris. And she was like, yeah, where we live, we might get hit by a used condom or something. Yeah. And I was like, I was thinking more a wheelie bin caving my face in, but go off. Like, yeah. I cannot believe that you were just like, yeah, I, I, you know, might go get my nails done in the middle of a fucking red weather warning. I cancelled though, didn't I? Yeah, she did. I'm not going to lie. I moved my car because it was next to like a dodgy wall that looked like it wasn't too secure. Right. Um, And as I was moving the car, I could literally feel the wind pushing my car forward. Yeah, it was mad. It was mental. It was crazy. It was Absolutely crazy. crazy. I don't have anyth- anything else that happened though around me. I just, yeah, the I, fence at the back of my garden went and that was it. I'm not going to lie. Every time I went out to take my dog for a wee, I was petrified that he was going to like blow away. Oh, imagine. I felt like Dorothy, like clutching my dog, going to answer the door to get the post, like Bless the him. gate. I know, but he's fine. He didn't fly away. That's good. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, what's been happening in the celeb world? Kanye West is off the rails. Oh, I feel I I do feel sorry for him. He shouldn't be posting all that on. I feel sorry for him because he's. I feel sorry for him because he's clearly having a moment, a moment, mental health problems. Yeah, but also he is also stalking his ex-wife. He is, and it's pretty grim it's to watch. Grim as fuck. It really is. But like, I think Kim's handling it super well. Like, me too. She's not saying anything. Basic. She's not, you know, slandering him or calling the police on him or anything like that. I mean, maybe she should call the police on him. I don't know. But um, if he's threatening her, but the the truck of like roses outside her house on Valentine's Day, it's creepy stuff. Yeah, it is really creepy. It's like, it is unhinged, kind of like, it's, it is like stalker behaviour. It's, if I can't have you, no one else can. Nobody else can. And it's like, and it makes you think because of the Kardashians and also like Kanye West and like all that kind of stuff, it makes you think like, how much of this is like real? Yeah, I was just about to say And how much of it is manufactured? But then... They are filming a new show. Mm, you just I don't want to say that it's it's totally manufactured because no. this is you know this is kind of stuff that that does happen but mm, mm. I don't know yeah it, it feels it gives me the ick yeah it's a bit it's a bit extreme and, and it's Ick-stream. like don't don't voice those things you don't have to air all of that out on social no. media but they but that family they live and die by social media though don't they True, but like to to their own detriment, and yeah, to their at own, times, yeah, because because it makes people think like, what is what is a PR stunt? What is reality? Exactly, it's that kind tough, of thing. isn't it? It's difficult. Well, but, you know, I don't, I don't, I think the well, it's I really hope hard because I've got empathy for Kanye West because yes. of his mental health issues. Yes, but he also is somebody that does need obviously a yes. bit of help. He's going through something mm-hmm. and he should not be airing out at his no. wife, ex-wife and his children like that on I social think, media. I think this is the issue with like celebrities like that. They're surrounded by like yes men mm-hmm. because they're surrounded by people on their payroll. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, it's like you liken it back to last week. Well, a couple of weeks ago, the party monster. Yes. No one said, no one told anyone that he'd murdered People somebody because in. Exactly. they were on the payroll and they didn't exactly. want to lose their jobs. So it's exactly. very, very difficult. Well, I hope Kanye gets the help he needs and yep. I hope Kim, I guess, is happy. Stay safe. Is happy with Pete? I guess. Is that even a thing? I don't know. No, it's publicity. Same as um, Julia Fox. Did you know Julia Fox, right? Did you know she was the uh, muse for when Josh Safdie wrote Ankajam? I love that film. I thought she was brilliant in that film. What film? Anka Jams. Anka Jams. It's so good. I love that. I lo- Did you see that she actually, she put a post out going, look, guys, come on. I was high as fuck. I was yeah, like, I, I mean, And also, it's like, I don't know. I like that way of speaking anyway. It's like, yeah, me too. Kind of, like the vocal fry-y kind of like. Yeah, it's ve- like, thing. have you seen that, um, <laughs> that SNL sketch, the Californians? Yeah, oh great. my God. Like, when'd you get on the one or two? Like, Anka Jams. 101. 101. <laughs> or the one. Anka Jones. Yeah, I thought it's it was It's funny because I think she's from New York, though. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's funny. I like people's TikToks a bit. But I Me think, too. Oh, I do think, like, oh, God. She's quite resilient, though, so I'm sure that she finds the humour oh, in it. Oh, I'd like to think she finds the humour in it. If yeah. she doesn't, then, like, come on. I'm, think, I'm sure she does. Anka Jones. Um, 
don't speaking of, i mean speaking of tiktok i have i know this song's been around for quite a while but i cannot stop walking around my house just going material girl i want shanana boots material girl honestly well, i said to you the other day i thought that that was like a female rapper but it's not no it's a woman what, it's what's not. what's their name again i can't remember um it's oh gosh such a good name oh um, my god what is the what is their name i can find it because i put it on my 2022 music playlist material girl saucy saucy santana Saucy Santana. And by the way, anyone, if you do want to put it on your, listen to it on Spotify, don't search Material Girl spelled G-W-R-O-L because you won't find it. It's like the same Madonna way. Material Girl! Saucy Santana does go by he, him, right? Okay, I'm unsure. I'm unsure. I'm 90% sure. If I've misgendered, apologies. I'll just say they. Just use they, it's easy. Like like the crick, like the stick insect. I said, um, I saw this thing come up on the internet um from pink news and it was like the world's first half male half female uh stick insect has been discovered and they are called something and i was like okay like it's a stick insect (laughs) i'm just gonna say it's a stick insect you can say it like this is the thing in the thing they're like like, you can say it it's a stick insect some people do have it pronouns though they do anyway sorry moving on what were you saying about material i just googled it so saucy santana uses he him pronouns well there you go you know we're all we've all been educated now we have um like before we had this uh i was gonna say this telephone call before (laughs) we started recording this podcast um, Emily and I were talking about like mad snacks. Like we were, we were talking about my Ocado order. Yeah, well, I say mad snacks. She was like, I bought a, a peach, peach whatever, <laughs> and and I bought a, I bought a, I bought some tuna. I bought some tuna in a jar. Right, look, look. I like shopping at Ocado for two reasons. Three reasons. Number one, you can get some really good deals. Also, because, two, oh, because you're a material girl. I'm a material girl. <laughs> when it comes to foods, I'm a bit of a material girl. I don't really spend a huge amount of money in other places. No. I'm, I don't really go out much. No, me either. So I like to, you know, I, I like what I like. Treat I, yourself. I'll shop other places, but I like doing the food shopping on Ocado. The interface, user interface on that website is second to none. Oh my god, go I have used Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Asda, um, Waitrose. Literally nothing compares to the way that you can order food on a cardo. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. And they've got a really good selection and you can get really good offers. That's great. Yeah. Um, so this time... Are you uh, like a fucking... Are brand you ambassador. A brand ambassador for Ocado. <laughs> yeah. I got Italian peach conserve. Still, it's got really big fruit pieces in it. What do you do with it? Like put it on toast. Put it on toast with some butter. Okay. Although I didn't order the, my regular butter this week because out of principle because they fucking cranked the price up forty pence. Jesus Christ! I know. Yeah, I saw that in the group chat and I chose to ignore it because I didn't really care. I bought myself some hazelnut biscuits. Oh, that's um, why I wanted to talk about. You said about hazelnut biscuits. I know they're not mm. hazelnut, but you know Biscoff? Yeah. So I bought some popcorn the other day. What flavour are Biscoff? Are they like Speculus. Cinnamon? Speculus. Which That's is not a flavour. That is. It's a German biscuit actually it's like yeah, but, spice yeah but that's just not like... a flavor though is it it's not spe- you don't go oh what's that spice oh it's speculoos speculoos is made up of other spices though isn't it yeah but don't be a bitch about it um <laughs> it's like cinnamon all right it's google speculoos was... spices it's just spiced cookies like 
it's caramelized like and gingerbread like gingerbread it's just like spicy i love sp- anyway so um anyway back to what i was saying before you were rude um i can't remember what company it's what the proper corn i think they are um they did a it was i can't remember what the flavor was spiced bis- spiced cookie flavored and it was like biscoff flavor popcorn oh nice it was so good and that's what i'm a thing i like about um proper corn is that it's yummy and it's not too unhealthy. What the hell is proper corn? I don't it's know a brand. It's a brand. They they're called. They're a popcorn company. They're like organic. You know that kind of vibe. Right, right, right. But they're right. not too like they're not too like when you buy like supermarket owns popcorn. It's like five thousand grams of sugar. You know all this like the good shit. All the, all the good shit that you love. All of the good shit. But the proper corn stuff doesn't have all that good shit. Right. Bad bad shit. But they still taste really yummy. I mean, nice. it has sugar and it has fat and whatever because it's fucking popcorn with flavouring on it, but it's just yummy. I'm personally a fan of butter kiss toffee myself. Oh, don't. I've been craving butter kiss toffee ever since she said it. It's so good. Oh my God, it's it is so, so good. good. Like nothing, nothing really compares to butter kiss toffee. No, no. I remember once I had butter kiss toffee apple flavour. That's like a Halloween special. No, it was really good. It was really good. Grim. What have you been, what have you been watching on TV? Have you been watching TV this week? I don't think I watched anything on TV this week. What do you do? What do you st- what do you sit and look at? What do I sit and look at? Oh, well, past few fucking days I've been on TikTok for mm, like mm. I've been I fell asleep last night watching yeah. Nosebleed Fitz's TikTok live. Right. And obviously once she ended hers, it yeah. goes on to like loads of others. Yeah. So like I must have just been I woke up a couple of times and it was like some bloke driving. Nice. And then I woke up another time it was somebody playing a video game. I'm not into TikTok up, lives. Then I woke up this morning and it was somebody out in London having a cup of tea. See, I'm not into TikTok lives because it, that's it. It's just fucking mundane. It's someone in London having a cup of fucking tea. I like watching them sometimes, so I cannot lie. Yeah, what I said to you the other day is like, I what relaxes me is watching Farrier TikTok. So Farrier, a Farrier right. is someone who like cleans hoofed animals' hooves. Right. Like cows, horses. Yeah, donkey. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I get such joy from it. Like they shit, like they trim the. Na- oh my god, it's lovely. I love it. And also I like the flight ship boat, I guess. And also like chiropractor TikTok. Oh my god. See, I don't, I don't really like that kind of stuff. I, oh. I just like to kind of just. I don't really get sucked into holes. I'm more just like a scroller and then I'll go on the lives and I'll watch like really niche drama yeah. between people and like people yeah. fighting. See, kind of no, I'm not into that. And it's always like. Just some people like so and so said this and so and so, and then someone comes on their live and they're like, "Yeah, but you said," and I'm like, "Oh, do you know yeah, what? It's brilliant! I love nah. it. This is what I love about it because it's like they've taken all of the good like drama that would have been kept between like mates on Facebook and they've put it on TikTok for everyone to see. It's beautiful. That's true. That is true. It's brilliant. No, I don't like it. It doesn't 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 bother me. Um, oh, the Queen's got COVID. The Queen does have COVID. Liz yeah. has COVID. So everyone, get ready to sing "God Save Our Gracious King." Um, no, I'm kidding. Like, she wouldn't have had, like, the top treatment. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, and she also said that she's only got mild, cold-like yeah. symptoms. So hopefully she's boosted Liz is up fun. to the gills anyway. So. Absolutely. She's probably got some kind of, like, government, you know, like... She's probably had, had like, a fourth one. Most likely. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Well, in all fairness, she is the queen. I mean, I... I say down with the monarchy, but she is the queen, and she does go around meeting loads of people, so it wouldn't surprise me. 
yeah a lot of hard work oh yeah and and she also didn't isn't she coughing up the money for um, yes no we, we uh, as we as british taxpayers united kingdom yeah. taxpayers are paying for prince andrew's settlement with virginia yeah. guffrey yeah um which i love yeah great. we're like uh, there's rumors that it's like 12 million pound right I think it's lot. more. I think it's more. It's going to be. But a like lot. apparently the queen has stumped up 2 million pounds, right? Right. Of taxpayer money because that's how she gets her money. We pay her. Well, they all get their money through. Yeah. They can sit there until they're blue in the face and say, "Oh, well I got it through this and that." Blah, blah, blah. It's like, "Well, you go fucking trace back. You yeah, always going to yeah. find." I I, I saw like some I saw something. I can't remember what show it was on. Someone was like, "Yes. Well, you know, they do have taxpayers' money, but they have their own money from like inheritances and stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, from previous royals money? who paid yeah. taxes." Like, yes, exactly. It's our money. I just. Oh God! I wanted to see that man have in court. I really wanted I know, to see but him I do, eviscerated. I do. I do understand. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Why it's, the settlement may have been happening. I get it. Yeah. But oh, and uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, associate, um, also a predator, mm-hmm. um, killed himself very conveniently. Killed him. Yes. He, yeah. He killed himself in quite. Yes, he yeah. did. Um, just kill. like Jeffrey Epstein. Just like Jeff- Jeffrey killed himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, you text me and I was like, "That's not suspicious at all." Yeah, not suspicious. Either he killed himself or he was taken out. Well, yeah, those are the. <gasps> well, yeah, two those options. are the two options. That's <laughs> exactly. what you were talking about. I don't know why I'm fucking talking about. Jesus Christ, honestly. Come on, it's <laughs> Sunday. It's rainy. We've got Franklin rolling in. Just Indeed. getting over Eunice. Um, I want to give like some little shout outs because we've had some like love, you know. Okay, nice. Some much love. So I have made friends. Yes friends i would say friends maybe not in real life but are you developing parasocial relationships no but maybe they are with me <laughs> one of our uh, instagram followers that's at dial femme for murder on instagram vicky mm-hmm. vicky has like we've been having a lovely chat me and vicky hi vicky hi vicky so if you do have a parasocial relationship with me vicky let's get involved let's do it <laughs> Let's make it not parasocial. Let's make it not parasocial. Let's just make it, you know, like. <laughs> but no, it was lovely. We were having a chat because Vicky is like does um like works in Soho and nice. uh, we were chatting about like all different things about JAY and all these different club nights because the reason they reached out to me was saying that because when I mentioned that I went to East Block, do you remember? And I was like Bimini Bamboulash was there and it, I everyone had eye, uh, eyes like saucers, whatever, because they were all for the yeah. tits. Um, Vicky messaged being like, although I wasn't there for that event, I used to be a bouncer at East Block. And then we just, you know, went into a lovely, lovely chat, you know. Nice. So now we're friends, I'm saying. Nice. Um, and we also was mentioned in uh, another person called Suzanne's story, listening to our podcast on a, on a lovely day. Thank you, Suzanne. Hope you enjoyed. And also we've had another Kothai uh, donation. That's Ko. Mm. That's www.co-fi.com forward slash Dalfem for murder. Um, from our like biggest supporter, like our best friend in the world, Chloe Carlson. We love you, Chloe. We do love you, Chloe. Um, honestly, you're getting us there to buy that and buy, buy me a new mic. Get Martin. Get a Martin, new Martin mic. a new mic, friend. Um, basically, that's happening in the next month, whether whether you like it or not. If you're paying. Um, so basically, Chloe said we should spend the money on NFTs. Oh, right. Good. Um, we should make our own. Maybe we should. Maybe it can be like a digital picture of my butthole. Wow. Because I want to pay for that. Do you know what? I was thinking earlier on, like, because we... Did it we... hurt? What hurt? 
You're thinking. Oh, I thought you meant what I thought you were going to say when I fell from heaven. <laughs> or I thought oh it was going to be related. <laughs> these these are two terrible jokes. Let's move on quickly. Um, <laughs> I was <laughs> I was thinking, right, we've, bat- we've, you know, like batted back and forth about having a Patreon, right, between the two of us, mm-hmm. right? Should we do Patreon? Should we not? Do you know what I was thinking we should do? What? I'm going to put a, a, a thing on the Instagram stories, a poll or whatever it is. Right. Saying, do would you be it would you be interested in having a in us having a Patreon? Would you be interested in us giving you more exclusive content, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Okay. And then see what people say because we can chat it back and forth all the time. But if the fans aren't telling us, that's very what true. What do we know? That's very true. If you do think that we should start a Patreon and we should do different things, also send us a message what you think should be on a Patreon. What yeah, man. Do you like to see? We are open. That's just message us on Instagram. It's. Yeah. At dial femme for murder. Yeah. We'll we'll reply. All, th- all three three of our fans. Um, <laughs> both our mums and Rhea. Yeah, it would just okay. be like a couple of just yeah. Yeah, I just thought it would be good good to reach out. Indeed. Let us know what you think. We'll put it on the stories after this week's episode. Indeed. So the missing persons case I want to highlight this week is that of Amber Hamiti. Uh Amber is 26 years old and she went missing on the 13th of February 2022 in Harringay in London. Now, if you have any information on the whereabouts of Amber, please text or call 116000, that's in the UK. Um, And what we'll do is we will pop more information on our Instagram story as usual. And if you know anything, please do get in touch. Indeed. So today we're going to be covering the unsolved murder of the BBC television presenter Jill Dando. You know you put this on our Instagram story the other day. Yeah. My friend Josh, who doesn't listen to the podcast because he doesn't like murdery stuff. But his mum and his sister were listening the other week. Shout out Annabelle and Sally. We love you. We love you. Stop stop giving people fucking shout outs. Why? Tell them if they want a shout out, they've got to go to the Ko-Fi. Okay, if you want a shout out and you don't know me, go to the Ko-Fi and donate, please. Um... Basically, he was like, oh my God, I used to love Jill Dando. I might actually listen to this episode. I'm really interested. So Nice. We're getting him in. We're getting him in. So for those of you that aren't British and have never heard of Jill Dando, I'm going to go into her life a little bit first so you can get a good idea of who she was. So she was born on the 9th of November 1961 in Western Supermare. And she had a relatively normal upbringing, very kind of middle of the road, middle class. She went to a normal comprehensive school and went on to study journalism at Cardiff Metropolitan University. And she really had a passion for journalism. Her first job was working for the Western Mercury, which is a newspaper. And her family were also involved in journalism. I believe her dad worked there and so did her brother. And she also volunteered for her local hospital radio. And she worked in print journalism for around five years before moving on to work for the BBC, which is where she got really popular. Mm -hmm. Now, she had multiple different opportunities within the BBC, starting as a newsreader for Radio Devon. And then she moved on to regional television news. And then finally, in 1988, she moved on to national news. Mm. Now, back in the day, they used to have, like, top-of-the-hour bulletins on BBC One and BBC Two. Well, like, every hour? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Well, I guess it's changed. It'd be, like, really quick. I guess it's changed now because we live in a 24-hour news channel thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it'd be, like, a really kind of, like, quick, kind of, like, this is news. But she was getting really popular. 
and she was a really charismatic presenter and people really enjoyed watching her. She had this very much kind of like, I don't like the term, but it's like girl next door yeah, no, kind absolutely. of energy. I think very she, kind of relatable. I think she looks wise, she's very similar. Obviously, we'll put a picture on Instagram, but she looks quite similar to Princess Diana in the she 90s. Really yeah, that like, vibe. It's the same hair. It's very like 90s girl next door. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. And Diana very much had that as mm-hmm. well, even though she was a royal. Yeah. Um, so she was getting like more opportunities as more people were enjoying to watch her. She started um, to present the breakfast news. She presented the one o'clock news and the six o'clock news. Wow. And anyone not living in the UK, basically 6 p.m. news is like primetime news. Yeah. It's like the news that you, some for some reason, like my mum still watches the 6 o'clock news while she's yeah. eating dinner. Exactly. That's the thing though, isn't it? People used to sit down and eat dinner and watch the 6 o'clock news. But it's like, why would you want to watch? I don't know. Uh, but then I say that I fucking eat my dinner in front of like some dodgy live stream. So. Well, may, maybe back in, well, I know this is bullshit, but I was going to say maybe back in the day the news wasn't so bleak. No, but it that's was. bullshit. It was. It definitely was. <laughs> yeah. Um. She also um presented a TV show called Holiday, oh, which is I remember which is now. like yeah, it's it's what it says on the tin basically. It's about holidays. Yeah. Where's the best place to go for a holiday? That kind of thing. And it was always um, the it was always Costa del Sol. Yeah, and it's it, these are the days before the internet as well. Yeah. So you yeah. would actually watch stuff like this. Yeah. And be like, you know, and nowadays, then you, there's no need for it. And then you'd go and book your holiday on CFAX. You do it on CFAX. Or you do you go to a travel CFAX? agent. Yeah, or a travel agent. Yeah. Fucking travel agent. I used to used to smash a travel agent. I used to love Did travel you? agent. Yeah, I used to love a travel. Oh, no, I don't mean I used to smash a travel no, agent. No, I know. I know. That. I used to. I used to literally go into the travel agent when I was down the town when I was a kid and get like travel Broch- like the yeah, brochures, the brochures and just take them home and like yeah. look at the places I wanted to go. It's so weird to think now that you'd walk down the high street and it'd be that it would be like seven days in x place mm, for x mm. mount come in and speak to this person and book yeah. it up it's like it's so bizarre yeah so anyway yeah. they even existed in the days of the internet they did they've only like i know i think they probably still do exist to some extent but i know in our high street that we used to have like i remember there being like six or seven and now there's none yeah very weird mm. yeah i'm i can anyway let's let's move on let's move on about bloody holidays so, in 1995, she began to present the TV series Crime Watch. Yeah. Now, Crime Watch was a TV show about unsolved crimes, where they would essentially put out appeals, and they also did reenactments of mm-hmm. crimes. It was super popular. Super. Was like, it? Would super you, popular. Is it kind of like would the American equivalent be like Dateline? No. What? Uh, no, no okay. because Dateline is more kind of like a documentary. Oh, style. like it's a post, yeah, post, yeah. yeah. The, so this was like it was a live TV show. Yeah, so it was it'd be based, live, yeah. and and Jill Danzo would be there, and like with the other guy that uh, that she presented it with, mm. and would be like his. They'd show like a reenactment and the yeah. information about the crime, and then they'd be like, "You need to call in now if you've got any information." They'd be like, then they'd show like all these people that'd be taking in phone calls, like yeah, 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 about these crimes. It was on like every week, every Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was like bloody popular. It was like really popular. I used to watch so, it because then afterwards it would be Nine Nine Nine, starring Michael Burke. Oh my god! I used to love that it's show. Like the golden days, nineties British TV. Mm-hmm. So in nineteen ninety seven, she was the BBC Personality of the Year. She won that. Mm-hmm. Now by nineteen ninety nine, she was 
really popular. Yeah. And she was on the cover of Radio Times, which I guess is the UK equivalent of like TV Guide. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was booked to host the BAFTAs with Michael Parkinson on mm-hmm. the 9th of May that year, 1999. Yeah. Yeah. And she'd also started presenting a new show called Antiques Inspectors. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a very warm and personable demeanour. She was very well liked, not only at the BBC, but also by the general public. Mm-hmm. And in her personal life, she'd been in a relationship with a BBC executive called Bob Wheaton for about seven years, but Mm -hmm. they split in 1996. And in 1997, she started dating a man called Alan Farthing, and they announced their engagement on the 31st of January 1999, and they planned for their wedding to take place on the 25th of September. She was really good friends with Cliff Richard, Mm -hmm. and Cliff Richard was, like, helping her plan her wedding. Like... Cliff Richard was like friends with he was friends with Diana, he was friends mm. with Scylla Black. Mm. Um but like I I think kind of just to kind of show people like Giordando was basically like Britain's sweetheart, you know, like you have yeah. America's sweetheart. Yeah. She was like cookie cutter, like Yeah, like think back to a to a like a TV presenter that would be on your screens. It, throughout your chart like you and you just knew who they were and everybody knew who they were and they kind of like presented everything that's kind of like who she was yeah 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 absolutely yeah so um things were obviously looking really good in jill's life mm-hmm. now she had a flat on gowan avenue which is in fulham in west london but she didn't spend a huge amount of time there and she was actually preparing to sell it so that she could move in with her fiance alan farthing in chiswick now on the night before the murder, which is 25th of April 1999, a neighbour spotted a man at 8pm a few feet from Jill's house. He was described as 35 to 40, average height, thick black collar length hair, white but tanned. Mm-hmm. Now, on the morning of 26th of April 1999 at 7am, another neighbour spotted someone hanging around and said they looked suspicious. This neighbour gave the same description as the neighbour from the previous evening and said that the man was wearing a dark suit and a white collar shirt. Then, around 10am, the postman reports a man staring at Jill's house. Again, the same general description of the man is given. Mm. And at 11.15am, a a neighbour exits their house to get into their car and notices the man standing between parked cars in the street. And then... Just before 11.30am, another neighbour reports seeing the same bloke. Mm. This neighbour recalls that he wore glasses that seemed to not fit his face properly. Right. Now, just after 11.30am, Jill parked outside of her house, walked up to her doorstep, was about to put her keys in her front door, but was grabbed from behind. She was then forced to the ground with her face against the step of her porch and she was killed with a single bullet to the head from a 9mm semi-automatic gun. It appeared to be an execution-style killing and we will come back to that, but basically the gun was... And this is a a little bit graphic, so Mm. just FYI. The gun was put to her temple, like Mm. on her head. Yeah and shot at close range. Yeah. And the way that they describe it, and I watched a couple of documentaries and read a few articles for this podcast. Mm. The way they describe it is is by doing that, the sound would be muffled. Yeah. And also there wouldn't be um, blood yeah. to come back to the person that had shot her. Yeah. Right. 
So basically someone who knew what they were doing. Yes, that's how it appears. How it appears, yeah. Now, one of her neighbours called Richard Hughes heard a scream but didn't think much of it. He said it sounded like somebody being surprised, right? Mm. And also, I guess when you live in London, you are... You know, there's a lot of screams. I mean, I would, if, I, if I heard a scream, I probably wouldn't do anything about it. Yeah. You it depends would what you? kind of scream you hear. I don't know. Even if I had... Like if a... I had like a shriek here, then I absolutely would look out the window. I'd look out the window. Yeah. Yeah, but... So he looked out of the window mm. um, and he said he saw a man closing the gate to Jill's garden um, and the man calmly walked away. And he gave the same description as all of the... Uh, all of the other descriptions that I've given mm. from the witnesses. Yeah. But he said that he was wearing a barber style jacket and was carrying a mobile phone. And the neighbour assumed that it was a friend of Jill's and said right. that the man looked very respectable. Yeah. So. It was just, he just saw a bloke walking away from. Yes, from the garden. Yeah. So closing like, the, the gate to Jill's garden. I mean, it'd be different if we saw him like running away. Like, right. do you know But what I mean? there are other witness reports from neighbours that say that they saw a man running away from Jill's house. Oh, right. Saying that he was looking back behind him. And they give the same description of this man, like mop of dark hair, etc. Yeah. And another four witnesses said they saw a man running down a nearby road. One of them said he was almost hit by a car, but none of these witnesses mentioned a barber jacket. Right? right so there's a lot okay. of witness testimony yeah. in this. But the majority of it kind of matches up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Jill, there is another. So I haven't, I haven't included it, but I did hear it. I was listening to a, a bit of a podcast on this, and there was another witness that described. Because there's a difference in the in the appearances of these people, like jacket, glasses, mm. blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, there was another witness testimony that described a person that was on the, like by the River Thames. And I think where Jill lived was really close to where the River, River Thames. Right. And this person was like on their phone. And the witness said that when they walked past, the, the voice became like really hushed. Right. And they were like out of breath and sweating and okay. doing whatever. But we, we don't know who that was. No. It could be nothing. Could be anyone, yeah. So Jill's body was found by her neighbour, Helen Doble. Now, Helen was crossing the street on Gowan Avenue and saw Jill's car. Um, she, I think you know, she was on friendly terms with Jill. Mm. And obviously remember that Jill really wasn't really at the house much anymore. Therefore, her car being there was a bit unusual. Yeah. So she looked towards Jill's front door and that's when she saw Jill on the floor and she called 999 a really harrowing phone call and we should include a little bit of it here okay thank you ambulance service hello hello ambulance i'm walking along gowan avenue it looks like um there's somebody collapsed um confidentially it looks like it's jill dando and she's collapsed and her daughter there's a lot of blood Approach and check out the lady's breathing. She doesn't look as if she's breathing. Oh, she's got blood coming from her nose. Her arms are blue. I just need to find out if she needs, if she's breathing. Is the lady's chest going up and down? Oh my God, no! I don't think she's alive. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, don't, worry. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to get some help there. Like <laughs> so, in the confusion, the authorities believed that Jill had actually been stabbed. There was a lot of blood on the ground and the first responders to the scene were obviously trying to save Jill's life. Yeah. And that did end up contaminating the crime scene. Oh, yeah. Um, 
but you know they were just trying to exactly they thought she yeah. was still alive yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so she was taken to a nearby hospital and she was declared dead i believe at around 1 p.m that day right now obviously this becomes like a media storm mm. like immediately i and then, in my head i know exactly what her front door looked like yeah like i remember the the you know the the floor like yeah the door everything yeah yeah, in the UK, like this was this was this a was, huge story. This was big news, yeah. Massive news. Yeah. Um, and the investigation began almost immediately. Mm-hmm. So the police put out a description of the suspect and described him as white, tall, in his late thirties, with dark hair, clean shaven, and wearing a green barber jacket. The investigation was named Operation Oxborough, and it was headed up by Detective Chief Inspector Hamish Campbell. Now, they found no forensic evidence at the scene and the gun was never found. They did find the bullet. I will go into that in a bit. Okay. They also searched for CCTV footage and they got a ton of CCTV footage that tracked Jill's movements um, up to like getting to her house. Yeah. But there was none covering her house. Yeah. Um, but they could ascertain from the CCTV footage that she hadn't been followed. Right. So they saw her like all throughout that morning and they were looking for like, you know, people near her, yeah. someone tracking her movements, yeah. but there was nobody. So she was murdered in around 30 seconds, right? Mm. So she pulls up to the house, gets out of the car, puts her keys in in the door of her house, yeah. and then she's basically murdered, right? Mm-hmm. And the police were saying at the time that it looked like a professional hit, just in like... It's, it, I don't like the phrasing, but the phrasing they used in the documentary I watched was like, it looked like an efficient murder. Yeah. So it's done very, very calculated mm-hmm. and very planned. Yeah. Um, so the initial investigation focused on those that knew her. And that was conducted for around nine months. So nine months, so we're kind of exploring different theories about jealous exes, like all of that kind of stuff. And then after that, they shifted towards a theory that it could have been either a stalker or an obsessive fan. Mm -hmm. Now, after a year, so a year post her murder, there was still no suspect until they focused their attention on a local man named Barry George. Right. Now, I'm just going to give you a bit of background on who Barry George is. So he was local um, in, in the area where Jill lived, mm-hmm. and he has a long history of violent behaviour and offences. Right. So he also has a long history of adopting different names. So in the 80s, he named himself after Paul Gad, Gary Glitter. Obviously, oh. that was big, it was big in the 80s, though. Oh, that's um, true, and he, yeah. And he also assumed the identity of Jefflyn's cousin, Jefflyn from ELO. Okay, and he created a fictional company called Xanadu Constructional and Mechanical Engineers. Right. Which is quite interesting. I mean, Xanadu's a great movie, but... It really is. Yeah. Um, so in June 1981, he was charged with two counts of a decent indecent assault, but he was acquitted of one and charged with the other. Then in March 1983, he was convicted for the attempted rape of a woman and he served 18 months. 
In early 1983, he was found in Kensington Palace in a balaclava holding a poem that he had written for Prince Charles. And in May 1989, he married a Japanese student who described the marriage as of convenience, but nonetheless violent and terrifying. And she claimed that he had assaulted her as well. Mm. And then in April 1990, he was again charged with another indecent assault, but he didn't go to court. Right. Now, the police ended up searching his house and they find that he's a hoarder and he's got a lot of stuff to do with like the military and owning guns, right. as well as tons of photographs that he had taken of like women walking in the Fulham area. So he'd just been like out taking photos. Yeah. Right? yeah. But they don't actually have any evidence connecting him to the crime. There's nothing in this house that connects them at all or mm. shows any interest in Jill Dando. So at the moment, so, he's just a creep that lives nearby. He's just a yeah. He's somebody with a record yeah. that lives like close yeah. to the murder. Mm-hmm. So the police put him under surveillance, and they f- well, he, I should point out, he's also got dark hair. He's around that right, age. Okay. He's, he kind of he got like very loosely fits this profile, okay. but like. But it's someone for them to, you know, yes. they don't have anyone so, at the moment. So, yes. yeah. So the police put him under surveillance and they filmed him approaching women that he didn't know on the street. Not necessarily doing anything untoward, just kind of like going up to people. Right. And they also had one of his coats forensically examined. Now, this wasn't a barber jacket. It's just a plain black coat. And they found a microscopic particle of gunshot residue in one of the pockets. Like, when I say this is tiny... Mm. I mean, this is tiny, microscopic. Yeah. Yeah. You can only see it under a under a microscope. Yeah. Um. So the experts said that it matched the scene, but they couldn't say for a hundred percent certainty whether or not it was actually from the scene. Right. So Barry is arrested and under. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's arrested oh. because there was a microscopic yes. particle of gunpowder. Yes. Yes. There could yeah. be a microsco- There could be a microscopic particle of gunpowder on a five pound note that he had in his pocket. True, very I'm true. Just saying, I'm just putting it it's, out there. Yes. So um, Barry is arrested and under questioning. He confesses to killing Jill Dando and then denies it a minute later. Right. Right. So they ask him. They say, "Did you kill Jill Dando?" He said, "Yes." And they say, "Did you kill Jill Dando?" And he said, "No." Right. 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 So it's not a very reliable confession. No. But three days after his arrest, he's charged with murder. Right. So f- three days after. So he's been in for three days already. I mean, the thing the thing I think with this is just like, because she was the nation's sweetheart, mm. they want, you know, this seems like they're moving pretty fast. Like, well, on they, him. Well, to, to be fair, they're not though because this is this all of this is happening a year after her murder no i know but i think what's happened is yeah they're moving on him really on quickly. him because they've yes. maybe found someone i Be- mean yes. i could be wrong but because they want somebody they want to s- pin it on exactly because they right? you you i'm sorry but you can't just have you know the nation's sweetheart being murdered and someone getting away with it well as we'll get on to there yeah. are lines of investigation they didn't really thoroughly investigate shocking yeah Truly. So um, his trial, Barry George's trial, was at the Old Bailey and the prosecution relied on gunshot on the gunshot residue and eyewitness testimony. Mm-hmm. But the two neighbours that actually saw the killer flee the scene didn't actually identify Barry George. Right. Now he does fit this very like very loosely in a way that like 
fucking like 40, late 30s white men kind of look the same. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like, you know, like people do look similar to yeah, each other, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so Barry's defense team had his mental capabilities tested as part of the trial, and they found that he has learning difficulties, brain damage, and Asperger's syndrome. Right. But the defense didn't present his conditions to the jury, stating that the jury could have perceived Barry as a maniac and they didn't want to jeopardize the case. Right. Um, Barry was convicted of the murder and he was sentenced to life in prison. And the police said that Jill's murder was the culmination of a life spent obsessed with women. Okay. Right. So there were doubts raised almost immediately as to whether or not Barry George would have been able to pull off what they called an efficient murder. Mm -hmm. In the documentary I watched, they had an investigative psychologist um, that said that it was unlikely that this kind of crime would have been done by someone with learning difficulties. Right. Now, Barry had two appeals and he finally got a retrial in 2008. And the prosecution's case was heavily undermined going into this retrial because the microscopic gun residue was classed as not conclusive evidence that Barry George had fired the gun. Mm -hmm. And they also said that the coat could have been contaminated. Yeah. So the judge didn't actually allow the gunshot residue to be admitted in okay. the retrial. So what evidence did they have against him then? None. None. And yeah. he was acquitted. Good. Unanimously. Yeah. Across the board. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So he got acquitted. He gets let out of prison. <clears throat> yeah. And the case is unsolved. Mm-hmm. So who did it? Well. There are a few different theories, and I think it's important to note that these are just theories. The yeah. case is totally, totally unsolved. Mm-hmm. But the one that is most likely to me is that her murder was a execution. Mm-hmm. Potentially, I'll go, let's go into it. Brian. Let's go into it. Let's get into it. So, at the time of Jill's murder, Serbia was being bombed by NATO, and right. it was the in the Kosovo War. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into the details of the Kosovo War, um, but a lot of bad shit was going on. Yeah. Jill Dando presented a charity appeal to raise money for Kosovo Albanian refugees, and it was broadcast three weeks before her murder. right? Right. Now, three days before she was killed, NATO bombed the radio television of Serbia headquarters, which was essentially Serbia's version of the BBC. Right. And it was widely condemned. Okay. Like, by lots and lots of... Like, it was... They, it killed, like, 17 people. Yeah, why would they, be, why are they bombing a radio well, station? Like, what NATO be doing. Keep an eye on them, because mm-hmm. it's popping off yep. in uh, Russia, Ukraine. World War anyway, Three. Anyway. Um, so, it was... Like massively condemned mm-hmm. by by Serbians, by people living in the UK, like everywhere. People yeah, were like really like horrific thing to do. Yeah. Now the ITV documentary Jill Dando: The Twenty Year Mystery, which is one that I watched, mm-hmm. um, found an intelligence report from the National Criminal Intelligence Service right. that they had then passed on to the police. So they they say the National Criminal Intelligence Service is kind of like it's like FBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this report, which was passed to the police, they claim that Jill was murdered in an act of revenge and that a Serbian warlord called Arkan had ordered the killing, right? Right. Now, this report also claimed that a gunman had travelled to the UK via Germany and France and it highlighted highlighted a connection between the bullet used to kill Jill Dando and bullets that were used in assassinations in Germany, right? right. This bullet, and we'll get onto this in a bit because there's another theory about the, about the bullet, and the mm. gun but these bullets had like markings on them right. like the casings had markings on them so they were yeah. quite distinctive yeah now this connection was never thoroughly investigated by the police they never contacted serbian police and they didn't think that it was a credible theory right um in 2009 the police received a tip off about a british criminal of serbian descent who was now living in the midlands and he was alleged to have played a role in the murder um like former business associates had come forward and said this guy played a role in it right and um he had the right kind of profile like as per the witness statements right. for the murder mm-hmm. and he also had a connection to this serbian warlord called arkan right okay? okay he was eliminated from the inquiry because his passport showed that he was in macedonia at the time of the murder okay but there's more Right. In 1999, there were a lot of Serbians in the UK that were incredibly angry about the NATO bombings. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of talk of the person responsible for the murder being someone inside of the UK. And there's multiple intelligence reports that allude to this as well. Now, people at the BBC received letters and phone calls stating that the murder was revenge due to the NATO bombing, including phone calls the day of the murder at 3pm, 3pm the day of Jill's murder, somebody yeah. called called up and, and basically said that and left right. a voicemail. Right. And then the days after, they were saying, they were leaving voicemails that were like, this is because of what you've done in in uh, Serbia. This is, this is revenge, essentially, right? They're leaving phone calls. Right. The BBC's head of news, Tony Hall, even had to have his security ramped up because there was a threat on his life. And it does make sense, right? Because you think, okay, if um, NATO bombed the Serbian equivalent of the BBC, what's what's the best um, place to target if you're looking for revenge? The BBC. I guess so. But then my... I... I, I don't know. And Britain has a huge role in this conflict. Yeah, I get that. I don't, I'm not sure how much I believe that theory because why wouldn't you go for someone higher? But uh, she is higher. I know she was, yeah, but like. But it's about sending a message and these voicemails say. But then if it's about sending these a message. Left, these voicemails left because 17 people were killed. Yeah. In this thing. These voicemails, the day after Jill's murder, mm. say. Um, one down, 16 more to go. Right, but then there weren't any more. No, but, I, you know, I, don't, I can't I mean, it's the that. I mean, it's the theory. I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking, like, I don't know. They, the, the, reason that the, the reason that the police didn't follow this up is because they said that if it was, um, like, a revenge murder, somebody would have claimed it. So That's like, kind of some... what I'm thinking, too. But they have claimed it because they've left these voicemails. But that, but that's just a voicemail going, oh, yeah, so-and-so did it. Yeah, but what's the other thing? If Like, at what point do you go, okay, that's a credible somebody taking responsibility for it? I guess so. 
I yeah, think it's the I most, don't know. It's, it's one of the because and also they think of the method of the murder. Yes, it's but, such an efficient murder that it does look like a hit. Yes, but but that doesn't. That's not. What's the phrase I'm looking for? That's not um, a smoking not, smoking gun. Yeah, no. I well, I know, I know, and that's the thing. That's that's obviously why this case is unsolved because there hasn't been either. You know. Uh, they say the case is still open, but I don't know whether they're in. I don't. It's probably cold. It's cold. I'm guessing. Yeah, but absolutely. I don't know. I just like you can do research on how Think to kill about someone. How rare gun crime is in the UK? It is rare. It is rare. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Carry on because I could. It's, just it's incredibly. Just... Well, that that's basically the Serbian execution theory. Right. Okay. Right. So another theory is around the gun. Right. Um, this isn't so much of a theory. This is more kind of like where the gun could have come from. Mm-hmm. So the bullet and cartridge were found at the crime scene and they were distinctive. So the cartridge had markings that showed that it had been modified. Basically, there were six markings on the cartridge, um, which experts say were made by a handheld tool. Right. Now, in Liverpool in 2004, there was a journalist that was investigating a like incredibly um like i wouldn't say popular popular is probably the wrong word but you know what i mean it's a british gangster called john Haas. he's like very kind of like well known well known you know like he's not renowned no but i know what you mean yeah yeah he's like he's 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 big well known big 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 bollocks, like yes, basically. big bollocks gangster, yeah. And he was a drug dealer, right? right? And it, well, he was a, he had drug dealers connected to him. He deal, dealt drugs. He also supplied weapons to do gangster shit, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a drug dealer that was connected to him, who spoke to his journalist and claimed that the bullet found at the Jill Dando murder scene was the same as ones found on a gun runner that was collect, connected to John Haas. Right. Now, the drug dealer described the exact same markings, mm-hmm. okay, on the thing. On the thing. So, th- there is, it is possible that because but, John Hass was a, a gun runner yeah. and he was one of the one of a few sources of illegal weapons in the UK at the time, mm-hmm. it is conceivable that whoever shot Jill could have got a weapon from him or one of his associates. Right, okay. But the police didn't follow up on this lead and they deemed the drug dealer to be unreliable. Right. That's, yeah. Wouldn't you just follow all you the You would all just the follow leads? it up. You would, wouldn't you? You really would. But no. Like even because... if it's just like, even if you're like, okay, this is le- least likely, just at least follow the leads. But just we are... get, get one person on it to be like, but we follow are that ju- lead. We are talking about the Metropolitan Police. That is very true. Let's be fucking honest. That's they very true. Don't do fuck all for one. Yeah, you know. that's very true. I mean, I, about the bullet thing, right? You know how you were talking about the, the Serbian um, yeah. thing? If it was them, why didn't they say we killed her and the marks on the bullets are exactly like this? Well, they did. No, they just said she's dead. No, we yeah, when her. they said on when they said on the thing, but there was also um, the report that came through in the intelligence that said that there was a connection between the bullet used to kill Jill Dando and bullets that were used in other assassinations in Germany. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there was intelligence that pointed to that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. 
So another theory is that um, whoever murdered Jill could have been a contract killer. And right. in the ITV documentary, they have access to the police files and they say that there are more than 70 references about a potential contract killing. And they point to the execution-style murder as proof of this. Right. But the police also did receive intelligence claiming that an alleged contract killer named John had travelled from Spain to carry out the murder. Right. Now, as for the motive, like who would want to take out a hit on Jill Dando? Yeah. This theory points towards a man named Kenneth Noy, who was another notorious criminal. Right. And on Crime Watch, Jill Dando had interviewed a witness to a fatal stabbing on the M25. Right. And Kenneth Noy was believed to be the person guilty of the stabbing. Right, okay. And she interviewed this witness, and the, this witness had to go into, like, witness protection afterwards because mm. this guy was, like, so notorious, like, going after her. Yeah. Um. So it was, like, people were theorising about this, like, Kenneth Noy guy being behind it. Yeah. But he was in a Spanish prison at the time of Jill's murder, awaiting trial in the UK. So. But some point to him being able to have taken out a hit on her life because she was the one that interviewed this witness. Yeah, I'm not being... Just because he was in prison doesn't mean he can't... Yeah. I mean, these people obviously have connections. Exactly, yeah. And the intelligence report claimed that the contract killer was in debt to Kenneth Noy. Right. And the police also had the contract killer's address and phone number, but they didn't follow up. Of course. With it. This is the thing with the police. They get, they have in their mind who they think did it and what they think happened. Yeah. And they just have one track vision from the cases we've covered. Yeah. A lot of the times they have that one track mind of, nope, it's this person, yeah. this happened. I know this happened. Like yes, we've seen exactly. that. We, we talk about that quite a lot. It just exactly. so stupid. So a lot of people discount this theory, obviously, but it was definitely worthy of investigation. Yeah, um, absolutely. Kenneth Noy denies all of the allegations. Right. Um, and the CCTV footage shows that Jill wasn't followed at all throughout her morning. And the killer shows up at the house that she barely lived at. So like if it was a contract killing, they would have had to have known that she was going to be there that specific morning. Not really, because there was people... There was a man seen for the few days before. That's true. And so, there could have been days before. Again, that this is... very true. Again, this is the time before the internet of someone to yes. be like, I'm just going to Google where Jill Dando lives. Yeah. It would be like, oh, she lives here. This is her registered address that yes, they can find. Exactly. And like I said, that person was... See, regardless of whoever it was that killed her, which yeah. makes me think it wasn't someone known to her. Yeah. That this person was seen outside her house a few days before the murder. And then, I sus. guess, walking away, that same person. So, whoever it was, I don't believe they knew Jill. Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards the same. Yeah. Um, so this brings us to the last theory and the most conspiratorial of all and right. the, the biggest bullshit theory. Okay. That Jill you watched the bullshit one. This will be the one that I believe. 
<laughs> that Jill Dando <laughs> was about to bust open a BBC paedophile ring and she was murdered to cover it up. Why is that the most bullshit story? Look at all the paedophiles in history of the yeah, UK. Yeah, okay. The BBC but there's, paedophiles. But there's no evidence. There's so much more evidence pointing towards the Serbian maybe theory than she, there is this one. Maybe she knew about Jimmy Savile. Oh, for fuck's sake. See, this is what this whole thing is about and it's bollocks. It's bollocks, right? So basically, this theory gained prominence after the revelations about Jimmy Savile became yeah. public. Yeah. So obviously, there had been abuse going on at the BBC and it was one of those things that everybody knew about but they didn't talk about it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of like, like the culture there was obviously But this is the thing. She'd been, at the B- she'd been at the BBC since the 80s. So it's, yes. it's not like she'd, you know just joined and then three months later was murdered yes. and then they'd be like oh she's uncovered it she you know may have known about it for a lot longer there is a likelihood that she would have known about it but, i think everyone you know, knew about it exactly so in july 2014 an anonymous okay anonymous right. former colleague told the star newspaper for the americans listening that's basically like somebody giving an interview to the national Enquirer. yeah mm-hmm. um told the star that Jill was investigating a paedophile ring at the BBC and she was trying to get bosses to investigate what was going on. I mean... Now, go on. I mean, I'm not... You know, it's not unfathomable. No, it's not unfathomable. There's no evidence. A lot of things aren't unfathomable. That's don't true. Mean that they're true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it would be different if, like, I don't know, I just think I'm not going to rule it out 100% because there was a lot of... Pedophilia yes, but there's no ne- evidence there. Okay. No, right, I so- know there's no evidence, but you know, I'm not going to 100 percent rule it out because it, it's you know, it's not like it's not like no, they- don't 100 percent rule it out, but like you know, like until I love how I'm, until I lo- there's evidence I lo- for it. Mm. I love how I'm sat here talking about how we're going to solve Jill, like we're going to solve Jill Dando's murder on this podcast. I mean, it's just I, I just anyway, right? Anyway, so. <clears throat> The theory was bolstered by her friendship with Cliff Richard. Obviously, his house was famously searched on national TV in August 2014. But he was exonerated. He, he was. was not was, found guilty. It was part of Operation U-Tree, which was set up to investigate Jimmy Savile, among mm-hmm. others, famously resulting in Rolf Harris going to prison, um, who was the patron of safeguarding children at our old school. That's correct. We yeah. even had a Rolf Harris Hall. Yeah. Lovely. I mean, Horrifying. the whole Cliff Richard stuff, when it come about... Did we have a Rolf Harris Hall? Rolf Harris Hall, yeah, in the new building, yeah. What's there? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, anyway, um, like, when the whole Cliff Richard stuff came about, I was like, look, come on. Let's be honest, Cliff Richard, allegedly, I'm not saying this is verbatim, is a flaming homosexual. Right, well, I'm going to get on to this. But, don't think it's paedophile. Anyway. Well, obviously. So a lot of the theories surrounding Cliff Richard stem from a place called Elm Guest House and these conspiracy theories that have surrounded it for a long, long time. So Elm Guest House used to be a place where the people that owned it, I believe that they used to let sex workers rent out the rooms there. Right, right? male sex, like gay sex workers. Both, I think. Right. I think both, right? Um, And it, it... Basically, over the years, especially starting like the 2010s, mm-hmm. it got a lot of prominence in conspiracy circles right. because people made allegations that young boys had been sex trafficked to this guest house, right? Right. 
Right. And they claimed all sorts of things, like they got the guest list for it. And there was a uh, person on the guest list that used to sign in as Kitty. And they said that Cliff Richard was the person that used this name Kitty. There's no evidence of that. There's no evidence that he was ever there. Yeah. Um, The Elm Guest House stuff has really kind of like, there was a whole investigation into it because obviously with the Jimmy Savile thing, is that kind of like started getting the ball rolling about investigating other people? Yeah, they didn't. I wasn't there was like a there was like a moment in time where they seemed to be investigating loads of people. L- literally, like any, everybody, any person, any man that was prominent in that yes. time era, yeah, was invested. Like was investigated. Yes, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> so there, it was this um, the Elm Guest House. The investigation around it, there were three investigations around it. So one was called Operation Fairbank, one was called Operation Fernbridge, mm-hmm. and one was called uh, Operation Midland. Right. And basically, all of these came forward and said that it, it was a hoax, right. essentially. Okay. Right. So what you've got going on here is a lot of like satanic panic stuff. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of like the daycare abuse hysteria. Yeah. And it's not to say that something didn't 100% like 100% certainty that nothing happened. Yeah. But there was nothing provable that happened. And also important to know that one one of the people involved in this um, he was basically making false allegations and he went, I'm fairly certain that he went to prison for 18 right. years and he had also been creating child pornography. So one of the people that was like saying, oh my God, yeah, there's like d- child sex trafficking happening uh, at this Elm guest house was a pa- paedophile themselves. Accused before you can be accused yourself, basically. Right? Yeah fucking really well sucks. you know anyway. what they say you point the finger and there's three pointing back at you exactly exactly so that's kind of like that elm guest house thing and i get because because of this connection with cliff richard and there's been theories for ye- like years so they before, think that someone murdered her because she knew about it that she knew about the child sex trafficking vip yeah. child sex trafficking pedophile rings it's like the it, it's the q yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, yeah and it's actually quite interesting when i was thinking into it because i was thinking about you know the rise of like QAnon and yeah. stuff like that yeah. obviously there are loads that's you know been going for ages mm. um and it's got a lot of its roots in 1980s satanic panic and all of that kind of stuff along with a lot of other things but it's yeah. also really interesting because i had kind of forgotten about everything that happened in the early 2000s in the UK. Yeah. That did kind of get yeah. to like a bit of a hysterical level. Yeah. Right? There was very real abuse going on. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like there was a lot of like, you know, it was everywhere. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. So there's really nothing to prove that Jill Dando was investigating a paedophile ring, but people still tweet about it to this day. And just a week ago, I saw a tweet from someone connected to the Tory party who had said like, oh my God, this needs to be investigated and reposted the old article from 2014 about it. They're probably one of the people that cheered when Boris Johnson said that Keir Starmer didn't arrest Jimmy Savile. Right? And that's what this, that, that's what this, this, all this kind of stuff is. It's, what it's is, very I'm much. I'm sorry, but like, what is at the mic? Like. But he, he's appealing to his, to, to a very certain demographic of people. These, like, it, he's basically going in for the QAnon people because he knows that's his, mm. his following is very much like a, a right wing libertarian. Mm. Yeah. And then, like, then it kind of 
edges towards okay we need no restrictions yeah. all right cool yeah. also the vaccine will kill you okay cool and then it goes into like child sex trafficking i don't get and why the elites of the world are child sex trafficking like why is like everything like there are so many like i guess i'm being a conspiracy theorist Mm. is so like big now like there are so many there's a conspiracy behind everything it's always been like this though i'm a conspiracy theorist i'm a conspiracy theorist to an extent like i talk to me about jfk all day i mean no but i'm (laughs) i'm an experience like about like you know, we've spoken about what we think really happened on 9-11. I'm not like a... Cons- I don't believe in any yeah. conspiracies, but I do believe that the gov- the American government knew it was going to happen and they wanted an excuse to go to war anyway and things yeah. like that. But I'm not one of these people that's like... I don't get how you can go from that to them so being like, the so vaccine, easy. the COVID vaccine will give you AIDS. It's like, so... It's... Well... <laughs> I don't think that I think a lot of people like to kind of say on the internet that like oh there's a really clear path line from like you know thinking that X Y and Z JFK and nine eleven blah 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 yeah. and then going into this stuff I don't think that's necessarily true I right. think people miss out a huge bit in that where there's also like oh, it's like really I, I, I need to like I, again it's kind of like people. It's a lot of people with, without critical thinking skills. Yeah, people believe what they want to believe. People hear also, someone saying, oh, it's just this, I mean, I know we always talk about COVID, but it's like the people that are like, <clears throat> no, like the way Boris Johnson's like, I'm going to end restrictions so we can get back to freedom. It's like freedom, like what, people think the most stupid thing is taking away their freedom and it's not. Yeah, but it's like, I, I, I know people who think this way. It's right? fucking moronic though. I agree, but I I know people. I've got like friends of mine who who, who think this way, and mm. you know, like I just it's very. It's like the whole. These America- kind of things are very. There, there is there is a certain element of like yeah okay you start falling down a rabbit hole and you can start with one thing and you can go on forever absolutely yeah. you can if you lack critical thinking skills right yeah if you don't have the ability to discern between different news sources what's credible what's not yeah if you don't know how to kind of like read like any form of media literacy if like reading between and that's important in mainstream media as well yeah yeah yeah. So forget, but there's there's this huge thing that people miss out of this conversation when they're talking about conspiracy theories and why people believe in them and people always seem to forget that the government does not have a fucking good truck track record of telling the truth no i mean look like the other day look i mean at the moment look how they're reporting about the russia ukraine stuff exactly right but then at the end of the day with things half the story with things like the media newspapers news channels whatever they want high ratings they want high people they want exactly. money so and by them part- going by them going oh well you know um it's not so bad at the moment like yeah. blah blah people are going to be like oh great but whereas you if have no incentive to watch the news exactly, exactly. you have no but incentive to buy those newspapers but nobody seems to but there's always <clears> like a thing when when people bring up like conspiracy theories and oh how could anyone be so stupid to believe this and stuff but it's like you know, I we got grown adults that believed the the lies about nine eleven. Um, I mean, you've not got nine eleven, not nine eleven, fucking Iraq, yeah, Iraq you, war. You've got grown adults believing that celebrities drink the blood of children 
to stay young. You've got celebrities that think Donald Trump is taking down a high-profile paedophile ring. If anything, he's part of it. it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's just... the The thing is, because because... There's a, there is always in all of these things a modicum of truth, right? So yeah. we know that there are a lot of high profile oh, yeah. people that are involved in paedophilia, mm-hmm. sex trafficking, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. That's that's like common knowledge, right? Mm. And it's like you when you start to kind of like follow that thread, yeah. it will take you to some really strange places. And if you don't have the ability to discern between truth and fiction, or at least go, okay, I'm not really sure of like what I'm looking at, so I'm going to kind of take everything with a pinch of salt. Yeah, A lot of people are gullible. They are. It's like... And, and, and a lot of this as well, it kind of plays into a lot of like magical thinking, right? Mm. So is it more exciting and interesting for somebody to believe in all of this stuff versus the reality. The reality is that, yes, a lot of high profile people abuse their positions of power mm-hmm. and have some really fucking sick uh, behavior. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the reality of it. That is, yeah. It's a bit more, you know, exciting and enticing if you add on to the end of that because they want to control the world because they're yeah. a, gr- a group of shape-shifting lizards mm. who live on the moon and they and also drink are ensla- yeah, enslaving yeah. humanity and yeah. drinking. Their- like it becomes a bit more kind of like sci-fi, yeah. right? No, I get it. A bit it. more kind I- of like woo-woo, and it also gives you um, a kind of like superiority thing around over people that you know, being like. You don't know what's going on, sheeple. Yeah, I know what's yeah. going on. See, I now think of non-mask wearers as sheeple. <laughs> I was in the supermarket today and I was um, <clears throat> literally just walking around, but hardly anyone wearing a mask. And this was Waitrose, right? This was yeah, wa- I just found Waitrose to be all right. <clears throat> this was Waitrose. There were more people wearing masks than... than if you Do go you to Asta. Not- and I watch them and I'm like, the only reason you're not wearing a mask is because your government has told you you don't have to. Or maybe they feel comfortable not to. This is the thing. But we this can't- is no, but we've gone down this hole where we've said this before. Right? I've said this before time and time again. Just because you're comfortable doing it doesn't mean you're still not harming others by doing totally. that. I, and I totally agree with that. But it's like, I, I don't know. I, I've tried to not get annoyed by it anymore because otherwise it's just like... I think it's people that don't either know anyone that has that is vulnerable you know or they don't care of course you'd make this all about bloody covid and mask sorry i do i'm such a pro masker but you you honestly you just get people that go oh well the government told me i have to so i'm going to yeah anyway true it's very true sorry we've we've gone down a whole conspiracy theory i'm gonna wrap up now okay so the case is still open to this day and it has been reviewed twice and the investigation has been recognised as good practice. Mm. Now, it's interesting to note that many within the police still believe that Barry George was the killer, despite there being literally no evidence. Yeah. Barry George has won several high-profile damages lawsuits and settlements with the press, most recently in 2010, mm-hmm. when the Mirror claimed that he was obsessed with Cheryl Cole and Kay Burley. He also never received compensation for wrongful imprisonment with judges at the High Court saying there was indeed a case upon which a reasonable jury properly directed could have convicted the claimant of murder. So essentially, 
he's not guilty, but the authorities seem to believe he is. Right. So he spends all of that time in prison, doesn't get any compensation, and Jill Dando's murderer is potentially still out there somewhere and has never been brought to justice. That's honestly, it's... It's wild. And like wild. Barry George, obviously his criminal record speaks for itself. I'm yeah. not, you know, trying to absolve him of his previous no, crimes. No, but just because like he's that. done previous crimes doesn't mean he's a murderer. Exactly. But yeah, like his old crimes were very like violent and yeah. aggressive. Whereas, like you said earlier, this was, for want of a better phrase, an efficient murder. It just yes, exactly. doesn't quite fit, yes. in my opinion. Exactly. I don't know. Like... What, 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 who do you, you believe it was the Serbian connection? I think the Serbian theory is the most, in my mind, it's a theory that has got the most evidence to back it up. But again, Mm. like, and, and the fact that there is little evidence also in my mind backs up the Serbian execution theory, because like we're talking about efficiency. If it's somebody that is trained as a hitman, Mm. it's supposed to be like a, you go, you do it, and you're not caught. Yeah, true. It's, that's what the whole thing is about. I'm lit. I literally, I think it's either the Serbian one or the 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 gangster one that she interviewed the witness. Yeah, I think. I think it's probably those. Two. It's like, like, like I said earlier. It's not. I don't believe it's someone she knew because it. You know. Yeah. They were hanging around the house. Yeah. Um, and also the way she was murdered as well. That's you know. Yeah. I don't think it's someone she knew. Um. It's someone who is basically someone who knew what they were doing. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think after that case, I think it's time for a take a break. Indeed, I believe so. <clears throat> so this week's take a break is a nice little short one for you. Okay. Um, it's from um, my favourite magazine. Is it Chat It's Fate? Chat It's Fate. Love it. Um, and this is like a whole article about the um the the spooky haunted side of margate in kent oh and the the article is called gate to hell visit the visit the seaside resort of margate and enter a sinister spectral world so i'm just going to read you a couple of things about margate right so the first one they're not written, this isn't written by, this is just an article that okay. someone's written. So the first one is about um, Dreamland at Margate, which is the, the like, fairground. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so Dreamland Margate reopened um, on a site that was first used for fair rides in 1880. Among classic amusements are ghostly relics from Dreamland's past too. It was here that the Margate strongman strangled a young woman in 1895 for which he was hanged. Good Lord. Both are said to haunt the park. Showman Lord George Sanger, who died in 1911, apparently also hangs out at the site. And a figure from Margate's wartime history, 1930s Dodgem operator, Laughing Joe Jenkins may appear. Not the Dodgems. I know. He smells of tobacco and can be heard moaning about the sea defence effort. Nobody else bloody comes, so why would Hitler? He said. (laughs) Okay. Okay, yeah, fine, perfect. Um, and then also here's one about the Theatre Royal. So the Theatre Royal dates back to 1786 and is reputed to be Britain's most haunted theatre. Sarah Thorne, a former manager from the 19th century, is said to have come back to terrify theatre goers, perhaps angry it was used as a bingo hall. 
Oh. She's in there. She's like, oh, what's this fucking bingo all about? Absolutely. She's like, no, this is a theatre. This is theatre. How dare Um, The ghost of an actor who was sacked and died, flinging himself from a box into the orchestra pit. Oh. Very dramatic of him. Um, Very, very. um, Appeared so often in a box that it was eventually bricked off. Oh. Orbs, creaks, whispers and and a thud where the actor leapt have been reported. Do you want one more? Speak it, go on. One more. So this one is called Room with a Boo. Right. Boo's like, ah, boo, not like you're my boo. I think we get it. Okay, so (laughs) Walpole Bay Hotel has been restored to look like it did when it was built in 1914. And and it's full of spirits. And we we don't mean the ones behind the bar. The article didn't say that. I put that in. Oh, nice. Because I'm a comedian. Love that little pun. So the hotel was used for a period shoots and a film a film cameraman unable to explain orbs he saw in a camera floating around the basement ballroom. I can explain it. It's dust. Dust. Um, he was so spooked that he fled and refused to return. Of course he did. Many investigations and psychics have visited the hotel. Maybe, hopefully Derek Agora. Oh my God. Mary Lustig. Um, owner Jane Bishop said, I'm often told that I'm followed around by a woman with a bunch of keys. She also recounted how guests in one room have encountered a friendly spirit. A woman enters the room through the wall, walks over, holds the guest's hand and strokes their brow. <laughs> their brow? That's terrifying. I'm sorry, but if I'm in a house, she may be nicely doing it. But if someone come over me, held my hand and stroke my brow, I'd be like, get the fuck out. Yeah, not your brow. <clears throat> not my brow. Mop my brow. How dare you? How very dare you. <laughs> So, yeah, that's just some interesting spooky stories spooky about Margate. Spooky Margate. Go down there. Get the trains down there. Lovely seaside town. It's Indeed. a shit <laughs> No offence. They tried to say, oh, it's coming up. It's coming up. Do you yeah, remember a few coming. years ago when they were like, oh, because they built like the, that what's that gallery they built down there? Not sure. They built like a gallery and it's like apparently, they, try, they basically tried to make it the short, like they're trying to make it the shortage of the sea. Like, shortage do you know I mean? on sea, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's a shithole. Yeah. Absolute trash bag. I haven't been there for a while, so... I went there a few years ago, and it's shit. Did you not enjoy it? I did not, because um, not only was it full of undesirables... Where we live is full of undesirables. Yeah, but I go... But I've left where I live... To go somewhere else and then be greeted by undesirables. What's the point about staying? You're what do you ever stop to think you're the undesirable? Well, I'm single still, so <laughs> I am the undesirable. Anyway, um no, and it smelt like poo. Nice. Like the water smelt pooey. Lovely. So if you're from Margate, why? And <laughs> I'm kidding. So that's the episode done. We've left it, you know, nice. running Margate into the ground. Indeed. That was a very interesting story. I've I've always been um I always thought it was really awful about Giordando and yeah. it's just horrible that it's not solved. Like Indeed, but what can you do? We can record podcasts and get the word out. We can. That's what we can do. So we, we will we'll see you all. You'll hear us all next week. I'm so next bad week, at indeed. You are. So Let I'm me really do bad. it. Okay, go on then, go on then. Thank you very much for watching. Listening. Oh, listening. Oh my god. Cool. Thank Have you a very good... much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. <laughs>